Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Good to see you again, Mark. Yeah, thanks. It's good to see you again, too. It's been a fun and crazy week for me. How about you? Definitely a crazy week. <laughs> I'm holding fun in reserve. Okay, that sounds definitely good. Definitely a crazy week. Well, I've been... I've been kind of uh, doing doing stuff at work, which has been varied and lots of different uh, things going on there, which is kind of some some new and exciting projects are, are happening um, that I'm a part of. But in my spare time, I've also been working on uh, some some uh, things that that specifically for Jovo version four, some plugins. Uh, but it's actually things that I've used before in other voice projects, and I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about them. Yeah, sounds like a plan. And, uh, you know, and it's great that you're, you know, building the stuff and contributing to, uh, to Jovo. Can you, can you talk a little bit about like what, what that process is? Oh, I've been doing Jovo development for five, six years now on various different versions. And, and um, I'm not sure if it's from the very beginning or not. Um, well, Jovo is open source. So you can um, you can contribute to, to to Jovo, and there's some guidelines on how to contribute. And the latest version of Jovo is Jovo uh, version four. So you can contribute that way, and you could you know go in and make fixes or even um, changes or additions to some of the core features that Jovo has. Um, or you can choose to do them inside projects and also have them be open source. And so. Um, there was a point that I uh, decided that I wanted to go ahead and work on some things on the side. Um, and for Jovo version three, I created some plugins and I decided that, well, that could be either on my GitHub repository or I could create a, an organization um, repository. So I created uh, Jovo-community. Mm. So uh, that's kind of where I put all the different things that I'm contributing. Well, most of them, like Speech Markdown has, has its own. But um, there's, uh, it's just a place where you can go to. And I had like some validators for Jovo 3 that you could use. There was a Sentry plugin, uh, a time zone plugin that you could use that would work with both Google Assistant and Alexa. So those were some things. I, I guess check out uh, Jovo community if you want to want to see what's happening. And so it's been a little while and it, it's that I've added some new things. And, and just to be clear, that's Jovo-community. Jovo-community. Okay. Yep. But it's also been fun because there have been some updates to like the time zone plugin. There's some other things that other people have wanted to make. And I've been, I'm like, sure, here, here have uh, it's open source contributor access. Yeah. And I, I, and, and some people I even gave access so that they can just go ahead and push out new things um, to NPM um, as well. So um, very willing to accept people that are you know interested in, in working on these projects. Um, I also have one for, um, Alexa Skills Kit dash community, so Ask dash community that had some things um, for Alexa Skills Kit SDK too. But uh, so open source, a big fan of it. And this new plugin, it's a, it's a tools plugin. It's a, it's going to be a collection of things um, that I've used before or that that have, I have found useful. And one of the common things that each of the three uh, plugins that are currently uh, in this tool are is that they're persisting some information across sessions. And so they need to use user, uh, mm -hmm. user data storage where Jovo has this generic mechanism where you can add something 
to um, an object uh, called dollar sign user dot data. And whatever you have configured as your provider for that persistent data store could be DynamoDB, it could be MongoDB, it could be you know, a number of different uh, providers. It will just automatically save to that, whatever that's configured. So it's uh, these plugins build on top of this uh, user data storage layer um, using uh, it's it's conventions and then the layer underneath that is where actually where you've plugged in um, the, the the provider the the database provider that you want to use okay so jovo provides out of the box um, the user object and then provides a number of different modules that that mm -hmm. let you determine how you best want to save that user object and your plugins just work on the user object so you don't care how they're saved yep it's just JSON data. Um, and so I, I just save val values to this uh, this location and, and they automatically get stored. Okay, and, so so yep. what are these uh, what are these plugins? Or so it's one plugin with three modules? Yeah, so it's one plugin with three tools, um, okay. basically. So, so what are the three tools? So the, the, the three tools, and we'll talk about them you know, one by one. One is a shuffle array. The purpose of the shuffle array is if you've got an array of things that you want to iterate through in a random order and not repeat until you get to the end. Oh, okay. Then, then when when that happens, it reshuffles and it, you get you you can keep going through. So, like this would be like a list of quotes or questions, or it could be whatever you wanted to go through and and just randomly you know, shuffle through. The second one is a street counter. It keeps track of like, have you been here today? And were you also here previously in a streak? And it will keep incrementing the street counter until you miss a day. And then it will start back over at one and then just keeps going through. So that's, that's the second one. And the third one's kind of my favorite. It's a recharge counter. The idea of the recharge counter is, is that you've got so many uses of something and you can set a max value for that. And then you can use those, but you also set what the recharge time is. So if I use the first one, now I only have two left. And let's say it takes 15 minutes to recharge. I'll only have two until that 15 minutes is up. And, and we saw that th this sounds like it was used on Snatchword. Yes, it was it was used on Snatchword, and it's it's interesting because it can be used on the various things. Like you have certain number of actions that you can use, and then you have to wait so much time before you can use those actions again. Um, but it also pops up in places where you may not expect it. Like if you want to give some sort of an information prompt, and you don't want to bother the person every time they come in, you can set the max count at one and the length of time, and say. Uh, go ahead and give them this prompt to, to set a remind, set, set a permission or something. And then you could just check to say, has that time expired yet? And if it has, then you could prompt them again. If not, you just skip the prompt. Um, well, you don't, also, have to, uh, you don't no. check how much time it is because you've got this recharge yeah. that you set for a week, maybe. So you don't, you know, yep. you, you send them this message no more often than once a week. Yep. That's very clear. It's, it's almost in some ways the exact inverse of the sequence counter. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's very clever. A lot of uses, a lot of potential uses for that. Yeah, another place I use it is in upsells. 
So like there's different cases. I don't want to nag people about uh, doing in-skill purchasing, but there's times where you want to kind of give an upsell um, opportunity. And so once again, you can set the counter at uh, one and then uh, figure out how frequently you want to um, issue an upsell. And so it's just a matter of uh, checking the counter. All of these counters have a key associated with them because you could use multiple counters in the same skill or action or the same thing with the shuffle array. So that's, that's kind of how, uh, um, how they work. They have uh, some things in common. Uh, they all have uh, an ability to reset. One of the things I wanted to, uh, that I was also concerned about was, um, well, I've got these plugins that are automatically behind the scenes writing to this user data storage. How do I do that in such a way so that it doesn't, you know, some other user that's using it doesn't collide with the the same names or whatever. And mm-hmm. so, so things that are stored in um, in the data storage is prefixed with the uh, JC tools that stands for Jovo Community Tools, and then the tool name, which would be Recharge Counter or Street Counter or Shuffle Array, and then the key that you provide when you're when you actually make the call. And so all those things are kind of namespaced and set away so that there won't be any collisions with other things that are stored in user storage. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds good. So how would one, I guess, install and, and begin to use these, uh, these modules? Okay. First of all, you want to just, just find out on, on GitHub or NPM, just look for jovo-community-plugin-tools. And there's instructions on how to install that, whether you're using JavaScript or TypeScript. It'll show you exactly where in the app uh, TS file that, that Jovo gives you, there's a place where you, there's an array of plugins that you'll get to new up each of your different plugins. So you'll just plug those in. And right now there's no configuration needed for the plugin itself. That, that could be something that we could add over time, but right now it's just these functions that are exposed. And so you, you will do this dot dollar sign JC tools dot, and then the name of the tool, whether it's a street counter or shuffle array or, or the other. So, so that's kind of how, how it works. All that's on the documentation on how to use it. Um, I think I've got pretty good documentation on how, how it all works. Um, like what, what methods are available and what they each do with some code samples. And then I, I, I even give a, a sample of like behind the scenes, this is how the data is stored in the data store, not that you need to access it or, or you know, you, you, no, you, but you won't want to access it directly, but you'll at least have an idea of kind of how it works. Sure, and it's and it's useful if you're debugging, trying to figure out why yeah. something's happening. You know, you can see what this counter is doing over time yeah. or yep. why the shuffle is, is working the way it is. So definitely useful for, to have that knowledge. Yeah. So let me go ahead and we'll just uh, spend a few minutes and talk about shuffle array. It's really pretty easy. Okay. Um, the, the main method that you're going to worry about on shuffle array is this get next item. And it's got a few parameters. The first one is the key, which is just some string that's going to be used to store, you know, this is, I, this is the thing I'm shuffling. I'm shuffling quotes or I'm shuffling letters or I'm shuffling whatever it is that you're shuffling. And, uh, and then you can pass an array of the things that you're going to pick from and whether you want to Restart, reset the, the counter or not, it defaults to false. Now, it's important to notice that the array that you're passing it isn't actually stored in user storage because that could be like big, right? There could be like a whole 
big quotes of lots of, you know, lots of text, okay. lots of things. So the array itself is stored someplace else. The thing that's actually stored in user storage is an array of indexes based on the length of the array that you passed. So behind the scenes, it's using the, a function from Lodash called range. And you just give it a number, like if the array length was 10, you would just say range and 10, and it will give you an array that has the numbers zero through nine. nine. In a random and, order. Well, no, just in range order. And so then okay. that is passed to the shuffle. Okay, Lodash and that's function, shuffled. Which it. shuffles it. And then the other thing that I keep track of is, is what's the actual index that you're currently at in this array of indexes that, that you're, you're going through. Mm -hmm. So it'll just gonna start at zero. And when you say get next item, it's going to use the length of the, that array to figure out if anything's changed or if it needs to be reshuffled. So for example, if you have an array that has 10 items and then the next time you call it, the array that you passed it only has three items, there could very well be indexes that aren't valid anymore. And so that's an opportunity for it to reshuffle and just, you know, you know make, make that smaller. Now, if you passed in a, an array and it had more things than it previously was, it's just gonna go through and finish the items that were in that shuffle array. But then the next time that it shuffles, it will use the whole length again to figure out the reshuffle. So there's, some, there's kind of some smarts behind the scenes and in, in figuring that out. So that works very similar. And like behind the scenes, what's really happened is it's, it's calling this other function called get next index, which just has the key, which is the, the string that's that like your storage location of what's being stored and then some number, which is the length of the array. And so all that really happens in that case, if you wanted to use that function instead of the get next item, you would just call that and say, give me the next index and we'll give you the next index. And then you'll use that index in your big main array of whatever it is that you're trying to access. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how, how that works. There's a reset. And then all of these uh, tools have a get entry and a set <clears throat> entry that is a TypeScript to type interface that, that is the, you know, what, what the, the data storage looks like behind the scenes. And so behind the scenes, uh, it just, it uses the, the get in, entry and set okay. entry to actually pull something out why that, that string key. And then it works on that. And then, and then it saves it, it, you know, sets the entry back or like so, a reset. So this, just, you know. so this is the object that is stored in the, the user object. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is your internal data yeah. structure that you're using to manage everything. Yep, it's storing it in user storage right after the key that you've been passing into everything as the storage location and then prefixed with the JC tools and yep. the and the tool name. So yeah. And you can see that at the at the end, there's a there's a section that talks about what the user, what's in the user data store, an example, and reminds you, hey, uh, if you don't have a user data store, it's required. And this is where you can go to figure out in the Jovo documentation on how to set that up. So it's all pretty straightforward, to be honest. Yeah. And if okay. and you know if you wanted to use the same type of thing, and it wasn't Jovo, you can fairly easily look at what it's doing behind the scenes. That's not the data storage part of it. And gee, and what on it. what might I do with that for? Uh, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Well, that that's all I've got to show on the shuffle array. Did you have any additional questions? Um, no, actually. I mean, it is pretty straightforward. 
you know, and like I said, I can easily see how you can, you know, uh, adapt this and take the code to, to apply it elsewhere. I think the only question I really had, just I, I wanted to make sure I, I understood, is that the, the shuffle array, there, there's a shuffle array object that has the get next index and all of those methods in it, correct? Right. And that object is attached to this dot dollar sign JC tools. Yeah, so what happens is that the the for every handler inside of Jovo, the context is this object called the Jovo object. Uh-huh. And so it's got a number of dollar sign somethings off of it. Um, that's where your user storage is at dollar sign uh, user.data. That's where your session storage is at dollar sign session.data. So there's already a mechanism for adding things to that root object because it's passed everywhere. And it's and so the convenience part of the convenience of the plugin is once you do that, then you automatically you now have this dollar sign JC tools. Method and so you could, to, you yeah. could just be right inside of the handler dot this dot dollar sign JC tools dot this and then pass it some sort of a key uh, and an array and it worries about the storage. And it's just as, as easy as you can get. There's you don't have to worry about the storage behind the scenes. You don't have to worry about newing up uh, an object. It's just right there where you need it um, inside the handler. Makes perfect sense. No, so this is pretty cool. I look forward to uh, to poking around the code and uh, seeing seeing how I might use some of these tools. Um, so I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, leave it here, and maybe next time we will take a look at the the other tool tool. Other oh, there's a good one. Other two tools. Sounds good. Okay. So love to hear folks' feedback on this. And, you know, how would you use this sort of thing? Um, have you tried it and found it useful? I'm sure Mark would love feedback and, and um, bug reports and any other suggestions you have on, on tools for this. Yeah, um, I, I love it. So yeah, thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about it and come join Jovo community and help out. Uh, so you can leave uh, issues there since it's GitHub. Um, Message Mark and I on LinkedIn or Twitter. Leave mm -hmm. comments below. And we'll see you next time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Have a great week, Mark. Take care, Alan. Thanks.